Greetings, gentle listener. Um, Hello, everybody. We are recording this introduction about two weeks after we recorded the episode because, as you may know, we live in a different world now. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember two weeks ago? Do you remember two weeks ago when things were fine? I mean, not in Italy. Not really, but yeah, it was like kind of (laughs) fine. And then now it's like we're definitely not fine at the moment. So yeah, we wanted to record uh, a little bit of an intro slash addendum um, because basically all of professional theater has closed because of the coronavirus. Broadway was first to fall. Um, then all of the theaters in California. I was supposed to see Hamilton tonight. <laughs> yes. yes. I'm yes, so yes. mad. And and this is obviously kind of a big deal because a lot of people's jobs are at risk. A lot of people are just being put on furlough, for lack of a better word, with no pay. And yeah. since this episode is about Beetlejuice, a show that was kind of teetering on the edge of saving itself or not, this could be what does it in. Hopefully not. It's a good time to remind everybody that, you know, this content, as the kids like to call it, is all in good fun. And, you know, even moving forward for the rest of these episodes, we'll, you know, I will obviously make jokes about musicals being terrible, etc. But of course, we don't wish ill on anyone's career or profession, whether you're an usher or you're in the musical itself or you're a writer, you know, I hope you guys are able to hang in there and, you know, make it out of the situation as best as you can, hopefully in a better position than you were when you started. But, uh, you know, hopefully this will be something fun that everybody can listen to in the interim and uh, get through it. Because it sounds like we're all going to be at home for a little bit. Am I right? Yeah. So hope you like podcasts. (laughs) And after we run out of our buffer, which will run up to episode six, you'll never guess what episode six is, uh, we'll just kind of figure it out from there. But in the meantime, you know, my heart goes out to the cast and crew of Beetlejuice. They have been working so hard yeah. uh, to try to save this show. And um, I really hope that it's not in vain. But in the meantime, enjoy our content. Our content. Beetlejuice, the musical, the musical, the, the musical. musical. Yes, thank you. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another wonderful, fantastic, uh, wine-filled episode. It's a show about death. It's a show about death. Welcome to Musical Splaining. I'm your host, Kava Taharian, and with me as always is... Who are you? Yeah. Lindsay, how are you? I'm good. I'm decked out in glitter. You Um, look lovely tonight, I must say. Thank you. I I was going for like the sort of um, glamorous zombie look. It's very glittery. Um, yeah. It's, it's all that glitters is gold. Well, I, I realized I didn't have the correct shade of green um, in my glitters because I, I had like a, um, this is kind of a more like a turquoise and the lipstick I have is kind of like a turquoise. So I like, I don't have like the electric neon green thing going, but I was going for like a new Lydia inspired prom chaperone look. Okay. Um, I mean, I just kind of thought you were the lead singer of Evanescence, but mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of the same effect. No? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Sarah is going, uh, or Kavi's girlfriend Sarah yeah. is going as a uh, cartoon Lydia. Cartoon Lydia. So I'm She's going got for the red musical carpet Lydia. on her. Yeah, Not yeah. the red carpet, like the kind of. Oh, yeah. It's basically a red it's carpet. It's basically a red carpet. It's a red carpet, carpet that has got spider webs overlaid. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, so. It rules pretty hard. <laughs> It slaps. It's a bop. She was very excited to bring it all the way out here I, to New York. Yeah, I was like, so she sent me this. She's like, should I? And I was like, if you don't, I'm never speaking to you again. 
I know we've spoken all of like five times, but like you did text her back immediately, which she thought was great. She yeah. was like, "I didn't even finish hitting send," and she was like, "Yes, bring it immediately." Yes, because so, like, well, I mean, like, because David and Janine, who is an, uh, some some of our other coworkers, um, they uh, promised me they too were were getting in the vibe, the Beetlejuice vibe. So I'm excited to see. We'll 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 post that to the Instagram. We oh. will we'll, we'll content. There will be content. Did you did you see my socks? They're striped. Oh wow! Yeah, that's some effort. They're brown stripes. I don't have black and white stripes, so but that's the closest thing. Yeah, that's the effort. I guess in fairness, like this dress, I think my mother got it for me. I don't. I'm not entirely sure why. She's like, "It's a dress. You need those, and it fits." I'm like, "Okay, you're wrong, or no, you're right. <laughs> you're right on all counts." Yes. Well, in case uh, you guys have not figured it out yet. Or read the episode title for some reason because you're so eager to listen <laughs> yeah. to us talk. It's like, I don't care what the topic is. I'll just, yeah, sh- shut up and take my ears. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we're here to see the musical Beetlejuice, which I did not know it was a musical, but. The, the musical, the musical. Yeah, that's the musical. true. The musical, the musical, the musical. But then again, me not knowing something's a musical doesn't really mean mm-hmm. anything. Yeah, most things are musicals now. Uh, you've seen this already, right? This will be my third time seeing it. Jesus. Another one that you've seen for the third time? I really liked this one. Beetlejuice. All right, Beetlejuice, music and lyrics by Eddie Perfect. Is that really his last name? I don't I I, I don't actually know. <laughs> Google, Lindsay, is that yeah. really your name? These are Lindsay's notes this it, time. No, I know it's, it, that's his at the very least that's his stage name. Wow. I don't know if that I think I actually think that might be his real name. A bit presumptuous. Mm-hmm. All right, Eddie, Eddie Perfect. All right, Eddie Perfect. Sorry, not everybody, I'm going to start <laughs> okay, calling you Eddie that. Perfect, yeah. Perfect, I guess. Some of us are, are afraid <laughs> not never everyone made a mistake. Be perfect. Uh, and booked by Scott Brown and Anthony King. I mean, King, perfect. Mm-hmm. It's, it's already going off to a yeah, good start. Got a lot of arrogant men. High standards. Uh, it's based on the 1988 film of the same name, directed by, oh, same name meaning Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Uh, directed by Tim Burton with screenplay by Michael McDowell and Warren Scarin. Scarin? Scarin? About, I don't know. Actually, I, I can't I can't explain this part to you uh-oh. because I don't know. Scarin. Uh, about a deceased couple who try to haunt the new inhabitants of their former home. And call help from a devious bio-exorcist ghost named Beetlejuice, who was summoned by saying his name three times. The musical premiered its pre-Broadway tryout at the National Theater in Washington, D.C. From a loaded run from October 14th to November 16th, 2018, it went kind of badly. Why is that? It, critics did not like it. And it like got an incredible amount of negative buzz coming out of that. Why, just too many, like, butt jokes or what? Basically, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah everyone's like, a hater on the butt. Yeah, well, basically, <laughs> well, you know haters. what Olaf has yeah. is a big butt. <laughs> hey, look at that. Uh, it basically, the Washington Post, like, very calmly eviscerated the Washington, D.C. Uh, trial run. Is there something like some conspiracy with Amazon in this? Like, did you, was Jeff Bezos <laughs> buying the bad reviews? <laughs> so, uh, basically, the critic was like, uh, you know, it's just, it's a bunch of dick jokes. It sucks. I hate it. And so one of the articles I read was like, Eddie Perfect. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and like the, the book, the, the, the other writers, the directors just kind of like read this Washington Post article and, um, kind of were like, oh my God, this guy's right. Ugh. Oh no. <laughs> they were just like, why are, why are there dick jokes in a Beetlejuice musical? Um, so, uh, they did a, I wouldn't say a super massive rewrite, uh, but they, 
did a fairly substantial re- rewrite considering how little time they had. They cut a bunch of numbers. They added a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, they made the humor less sophomoric, although it is still pretty sophomoric, but it's like there's no dick jokes in the final version. <laughs> um, and kind of leaned into like this the theming that they basically set up, which I'm really happy about, which is... Um, uh, it's a show about death, which is kind of why I like the musical way more than I like the movie. Take your $50 wine and take a breath. Welcome to a show about death. I don't, okay, you gotta clarify there. When the I say mo- it's a show about death. Yeah, I was gonna say, because when I watched it, uh, which I just rewatched You just it. rewatched the movie. Yeah, because, I mean, I grew up watching it, and I mm-hmm. hadn't watched it probably since the early, it's probably been 20 years, longer wow. than that, probably 25 years since I actually since watched it. Since you've seen Twister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about how long it's been since I've seen Twister. Twister was my Beetlejuice. Yeah, it's true. I still love it. I still think it's hilarious. I can't believe Michael Keaton got to play that role. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I was, he was a, a real... way better Beetlejuice than he was Batman. Yeah, that's true for sure. And I just think like how much fucking fun would it have been to mm-hmm. have been Beetle? Like he just, you could tell he just like loves it. Yeah, because you get to just be like a skeezy He's in it for not long at all. Right, it's like, like I forgot. fifteen minutes. Yeah. I imagine the musical Bob is going to be a lot more Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah. He's the main character. The main character. Yeah, so that's he, cool. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'd say, like, the main... Um, I guess Beetlejuice is a lot more sympathetic in the musical. Mm. But whenever I say it's a show about death, that's sort of like the running joke at the beginning. Okay. Is uh, the, one of the opening numbers. Seriously, though, this is a show about kind of keeps repeating like boy i hope you're ready this is a show about death and that's kind of like i i, I liked the movie um but i you know it's kind of one of those things that you watch when it's like on tbs or whatever sure like i was never a huge fan and i think the thing that i liked about the musical was that it, it kind of took the movie and it gave it a point um especially with regard to lydia and her arc and like yeah. what, what is her deal because like the one of the major differences is um uh, is Catherine O'Hara? Catherine O'Hara is not her mother, or is she? She's, she's a stepmother. She's a stepmother. Yeah. So um, the musical begins with what happened to Lydia's biological mother, which is okay. she dies. Uh, right, I figured. Um, and that kind of being why Lydia is the way she is, kind of mm. functionally obsessed yeah, yeah. with death as a teenager, like just romanticizing it and just like I'm suicidal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think that's part of the reason why this show has been so successful. It's very successful with first time theater goers. Mm-hmm. Um, teenagers love it. Adult children like myself also love it. Uh, uh, I th- excuse I think- me, I'm also part of that category. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Excuse me. I bought a fucking Wario hat today. I don't know <laughs> did, if you did saw. Did you call me mature? <laughs> did you dare insinuate? I'm insulted. I'm clutching my pearls right <laughs> now. He's clutching his scarf. A scarf. That he's wearing. This <laughs> he's, man is still wearing a scarf in a hotel room that is... I refuse to take these things off. Yeah, I, I guess... The, yeah, I usually like, I dedicate... Because I'm dressed as like adult prom chaperone Lydia. <laughs> and you still have your scarf. Your husband and I had like a 40 minute conversation in line yesterday. Oh. Oh, yeah? On the way to Hadestown, where I was like, here's the things about scarves oh, yeah. that I love. <laughs> and so Nick, being the way he is, is like, so do you have a, like a scarf collection? Yeah. Is there like the using scarves and the display scarves? <laughs> and he's like, no. And I was like, I would like to get into the minutiae of what scarf is for <laughs> yeah. what outfit and where you go with it. That'll be your next podcast. Oh, my God. Scarf I would cast. so do a podcast about scarves. <laughs> Welcome to Scarfcast. Oh, my God. That would be a great TV show, too. I would also be on that, like Anthony Bourdain, but scarves. <laughs> Uh, so I guess like, we should talk a little bit about like, well, why do we need to see this now, considering how popular it is? Right, right. There's a uh, apparently it's popular, but not popular enough. Well, backing up. So basically, Beetlejuice is being evicted from the Winter Garden Theater. Uh, didn't pay its rent. The Winter Garden Theater is very in demand. 
one of the most popular theaters. It's you've been there before. Did, was I? Yeah, it's where cats. Oh shit, that cats? was it. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You told me this. I like how I don't remember my own memories, and then you can tell me what. Yeah. My own memories <laughs> about about like old Deuteronomy yeah. meditating, and then your parents immediately getting divorced. Fucking, am I gonna get triggered going to this? <laughs> Maybe theater? you're gonna be like, oh, that's that's where the cat yeah, was, I'm and then you're just going attack. to like a diabetic coma. <laughs> Um, or run out screaming in the middle of the show. <laughs> not again. Not again. I would need Sarah to hold my hand during the intermission just in case it doesn't throw any flashbacks. It's okay. Right. It's okay. They have booze now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically, the way Broadway shows work is whenever um, the owner of the theater can write into the contract with the production company, if you go below a certain weekly gross, mm-hmm we can nullify your contract. Uh This thing happened in May of last year. That's when it started? About a month after it started, yes. The fuck? And so in May of last year, before the Tonys, they were like, okay, clicking it out, because they just assumed that this was going to be a huge flop. Mm -hmm. All downhill from here. And so in comes a big uh, Broadway producer, Scott Rudin, and he's producing The Music Man, starring Hugh Jackman, which is going to debut at the Winter Garden sometime this fall. Okay. And he uh, basically was like, I want the Winter Garden, and because of this contract thing, I can mm-hmm. now have it. So give. And so the Schubert organization, which owns the Winter Garden, is like, okay. So then the Tonys happens. Beetlejuice does not win anything, but they have a performance that becomes extremely popular online. It's you know gets a lot of views on YouTube. And then basically Beetlejuice becomes a huge hit on TikTok, and are you like people are filming the musical while it's happening? No, like, no. TikToks? Basically, it'll be like they mostly kids that are just like film like lip synced versions of them singing it. So oh, it'll be like okay, okay. So it'll be like um, it's it was really big on TikTok. It was huge on Instagram, and then it started uh, actually selling out every weekend. And then before you know it, it around Thanksgiving, it was setting records for the Winter Garden Theater. And then, and then everyone's like, "Wow, this is like a like a like kind of a weird underdog story about this show that yeah. like won through word of mouth." Is it sort of like the first viral musical in that sense? I think, in a way, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the first modern contemporary yeah, like, exactly. social media musical. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of why I want to do a content about it. Oh, a content. Yeah. Um, By the way, people keep t- like fucking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. on Twitter. Everything is just content, content. Like, Man, I love your content. Yeah, I'm like, ah. <laughs> This is why you should never admit to not liking... Nothing. Words. I like all things. I nothing like, bothers me, nothing, ever. Nothing has ever bothered this man. Ever. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so, by thanks, so Thanksgiving weekend, it set a record for the Winter Garden Theater, and then it kind of kept setting records. And then in uh, late, I think it was either late December or early January, they announced the thing that had been decided in May, which is that the show was being evicted. But the way that the production company framed it was, we're not closing... We're looking for a new theater. Okay. Problem is, and you will see it when we see it, it needs a huge stage in order to uh, accommodate everything that they've made. Sure. And the move will probably cost like in the millions. And that's another reason why it's so difficult. There's not a lot of theaters that can accommodate a production of this size. Let me ask you this real quick. Is this a common thing too? No. Because I'm thinking of like... This is... Kind of unprecedented. This has happened in TV a bunch where you have like, yeah, it's like, like Brooklyn Family Guy. Nine-Nine or yeah. yeah, Family Guy, Arrested Development, where it's like these huge hits that everyone mm-hmm. loves. For whatever reason, they only draw like a small but really mm-hmm. dedicated fan base. 
and then whatever studio or the you know network decides to cut ties, and then someone, mm-hmm. everyone's like, we need to, have, you know, we need, yeah, to, yeah. we'll go to TBS. Well, that's, or we'll that's go to why they have like the Save Beetlejuice tag. Um, but the actors have uh, been very active in like trying to like promote it. Um, the, like I feel like in terms of fan engagement, Beetlejuice mm-hmm. is the best far and away. Like they have been doing different playbills every month to kind of get people to come back. Oh, a lot of collector um, stuff. Kinda. For May, they're doing a fan art contest. The winner of that will Ooh. be the playbill for May, which is the first time that I think has ever I happened. I should submit to that. That would be fun. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Um, I mean, it is a huge hit. It's one of the top grocers consistently every week, but just for contract reasons, there's nothing they can do. Are there options about where they might be able to go or is it still up in the air? Still up in the air. No one's even offered? If they're not going to announce anything until it's set in stone. Any rumors on the internet that you heard? The only thing I've heard is that uh, there's Broadway Con now in the same way. Broadway Con? Yeah, like there's VidCon, there's PodCon, there's Broadway Con. Everyone's got to have a convention, yeah. Yeah. So they're at Broadway Con um, 2020. uh, Alex Brightman on a panel said some things that Alex Brightman, who plays Beetlejuice, seemed very confident that the June closing date was not going to be the end the other thing is like the june closing date is right before the tonys so it's just it's like gonna go out the bang. insult to injury oh man yeah there's a part of me it's just like i kind of want to fly here just yeah. for that final they're performance at the winter the theater, garden. Like, oh my god they're gonna we don't set fucking it want the fire. deposit back we don't give a shit oh my god i think it's kind of sad because like it's obvious that they like because actually because they write the fact that it's at the winter garden into the show okay and they obviously love that theater. Like uh, Leslie Kritzer, who plays Delia, did sort of like a vlog for Broadway.com's YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And uh, she created like this big skit about how like, you know, Cats, the musical, haunts the Winter Garden. <laughs> and I feel like you'd appreciate it. Like she goes okay. and like, she has like people be like, don't go into the, don't go into the roof. Don't go into like the, above the stage area. And she goes up there and there's just like literally a bunch of people just just cast like, <laughs> And it was like, oh, my God, this woman did this for a Broadway.com YouTube vlog that 10,000 people watched, and I was 9,000 of those views. Yeah, 9,000. The Beetlejuice album was um, one of the, it was in the top 10 most streamed albums of the entire decade on Spotify. Like, not just Broadway albums, albums, Mm. period. So it's very popular online, and I'm pretty sure I'm 200 million out of those 300 million. (laughs) So how would you describe the music going into it? I assume it's not based on it's pretty Danny basic. Elfman at all. Um, like the Danny Elfman soundtrack. They allude soundtrack. to it a little bit. Okay. Um, I, I feel like because like, the critics say like there's not really any bangers. or It's not super memorable. I kind of would agree with that. It's like there's a couple of good songs, but for the most part, it's like it's just basic musical stuff. I feel like the, the spice where it's memorable is like the actors are really good. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I hope Alex Brightman's there because, like, I, I think, like, the thing with that role, the first time I saw it, I was mm-hmm. like, wow, with a different actor, it would be so obnoxious. Okay. Beetlejuice. Yeah. But because he's so charismatic, it works. Okay. I, I feel like the music is not that Eddie Perfect. <laughs> it's like, it's fine. It's Eddie Perfect. It's just it's no. Eddie adequate. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's Eddie fine. Eddie like, fine. <laughs> it's Eddie pretty good. Is this uh, sung through? No, it is not. Oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I think the the songs that are sung, like there's one that Lydia has that's called Dead Mom. Are you here, dead mom, dead mom? And it's just like, you don't don't really need to understand the lyrics because it's just, you know, dead mom, dead mom, I'm sad my mom is dead and my dad doesn't validate my feelings. 
And it's like, as long as you pick that up, that's all you really need to know. Okay. I didn't even get to do my Beetlejuice impression, which I was really looking forward to. We'll do but it now. There's no point now. There's nothing to say. What do you mean there's nothing to say? Like, hey guys, we're going to go see Beetlejuice. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching the movie. I was like, I need to practice this. Oh, well, it's interesting because like, the uh, again, Alex Brightman does a version of that voice, mm-hmm. but he sings it. Okay. And um, I've seen him talk. It was like, how do, they're like, how do you do that? That's got to hurt. Like, and you're a professional singer. Yeah. And he's like, no, there are some people who genetically can do this thing where you vibrate the skin in your throat above your vocal cords. So it's almost like you're kind of doing two at the same time. Like, hey, because I, I, I can kind of technically do this whenever I like talk like this. Like, now that's you sound like, like Linda Richmond. Yeah, exactly. But like, that's not hurting my vocal cords. Okay, that it's hurts. Like, it's tickly for me. Some people can't do it. Yeah. Uh, so I, and I think this, that, that, that's another interesting thing. Because like whenever you like listen to him singing, you're like, wow, that sounds like it hurts. And he's like, no. I you, he actually had like a camera stuck down his throat to like what? yeah like he, to like to, to show you what it, like uh, like a colonoscopy just like this is what it looks like I don't believe you I need a fucking camera shoved down your throat what yeah. does it matter <laughs> yeah it's like if it works it doesn't matter it's like no no I have to show you because not everyone can do it uh, so I have a question mm. do you know how and maybe this is a more general question too has Tim Burton or like Michael Keaton or any of those people seen it? And what do they feel? How do they feel about it? Or I don't know about they... Keaton. Gina Davis showed up. Gina Davis a, did yeah, see it. Yeah, okay. they made a big. She like went on stage. There were hugs. They were okay. they were kissing. Um, Fits in good spirit to be in uh-huh. good spirits to be like, hey, great job, thank you. Yeah, for yeah. I also don't know. Okay, because I guess I, I kind of don't really give a shit about what Tim Burton thinks about anything. So I haven't, <laughs> I haven't looked. <laughs> Did not even the occur man to me that to created check. the film that about that's the musical the basis of it. that you love. We could talk about like the writing process because like I, I oh, the d- musical no the the movie oh, the movie right I know you didn't write it yeah yeah the movie kind of reminds me a little bit of Megamind. Um, and that Meg- superhero cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, Megamind was originally a um, it was it was it was a script that was designed to be live action. It was originally like a lot darker, a lot meaner. Because mm-hmm. um, in the super original Beetlejuice script before Tim Burton, yes, was I was reading attached, about this. Yeah, it was like very dark. Yeah, it was a lot darker. Beetlejuice was a lot more pervy. Right. It was like, and then I guess sort of like the the innovation they had was like, hey. Let's let's make him likable. Yeah. Like he's still the antagonist, but right. you lo- you know he's fun to yeah. watch. You yeah, know, yeah. and like you enjoy it when he's on screen and he's like kind of charismatic in his gross way. I think that's sort of like like a symptom of what you said earlier. That's like if anybody else had played that role, I don't think it would have been as right. Funny. And also, Michael Keaton's the only person. Because I did you it off. did you watch the cartoon first or the um, movie I, first? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I might have been around the same time. I feel like I probably saw. The movie first, because when was the cartoon actually on? Was that would have been like it was like ninety two, eighty nine, ninety. Was it like right after the movie? Ew. Or Was it a few years later? No, it was like a couple years later. So it was like nineteen ninety ish. Nineteen ninety ish. I don't know. It's debatable. It, it would have been around hit. the same time. Yeah. I remember watching the cartoon for sure. No, I saw the cartoon first a lot, and I was like obsessed with the cartoon. Yeah. I loved it, and so when I saw the movie and like this this idea that Beetlejuice and Lydia weren't buddies yeah. was very strange to me. We were talking about this the other night. Yeah, yeah. and that's another thing that the musical kind of. I would say it's a marriage of the cartoon and the movie. Oh, interesting. Beetlejuice is, that's how the movie ends or tries to end in a marriage. It really <laughs> well, the musical ends that way, too. But, oh, spoiler uh, alert. Oh, yeah. Thanks a lot. Uh, Ruined it. I told you, it's, it's more based on the movie, but it brings in elements from the show where, you know, Beetlejuice and Lydia are more like allies. They're friends. Sure. As opposed to, like, just this child weirdo who's exploding, like, right. exploiting the child bride. <laughs> 
into like yeah, it's disgusting, really. Oh my god, because uh, I will just say that the musical has a lot of fun with uh, the whole marriage subplot. Give it up for my underage bride. It's good. I, I will say when I was rewatching it, the third act of the movie is kind of a disaster. Mm-hmm. It sort of like falls apart and just becomes a bunch of weird random gags, which they're all like. Beautiful looking in their own way, but mm-hmm. I was just like, there's, there's... I do like that Gina Davis gets to save the day. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That part of it's great. But and, yeah, I will say that, like, the third act of the musical, I like a lot. I think it's a huge improvement on the movie for basically exactly the reasons that they were like, hmm, this doesn't really work. Okay. Let's find a way to make this work. All right. Well, speaking of Beetlejuice, yeah, it looks like it's time for us to start heading to the theater. Yeah, we got to go. Oh, we my God. Ready. Oh, we got to really go. Yeah, we really got to go. So All right, let's do guys. it. thank you, guys. Bye. We'll be back in after the ad, and we'll let you know how it went. Yeah. Bye. Enjoy the ad read. Yay, ad read. Smooth. Ad read voice starting now. This episode is sponsored by CuriosityStream, a subscription streaming service with thousands of documentaries and nonfiction titles. You can also get access to our streaming video service, Nebula, when you sign up for CuriosityStream using our code at curiositystream.com slash musicalsplaining. That's the name of the podcast, in case you'd forgotten. Nebula is a video streaming platform built by and for creators, not by some corporate drone, terrible Silicon Valley types who don't love puppies. We love puppies here. We're very pro-puppy. When CuriosityStream is all about big-budget non-fiction videos, we're building Nebula because we want a place for smaller, independent, education-ish creators to try out new ideas that might not work out on YouTube. You know, like mom-and-pop kind of stuff. With Nebula, you can see original... Ugh, content? Again. But anyway, you can see original content from creators like CGP Grey, Chris Exog, and eventually Lindsay and I will have some Nebula originals tying in with this very podcast that you're listening to right now. Assuming that you are actually listening to this ad in this podcast and you haven't skipped through it, I really hope you haven't, because this is extremely entertaining for anyone who's listening to it, I imagine. Probably. Anyway, those Nebula originals will be made with the support of CuriosityStream. And so, in conclusion, you can get CuriosityStream plus our streaming service, Nebula, for only $2.99 per month, or $19.99 for a full year? That's an insane deal. You gotta do it. So go ahead and visit CuriosityStream.com to learn more. And now back to the podcast. And we're back. We are back from Beetlejuice, the musical, the musical, the music. Yeah. How'd you like BJ's? Are you a fan of BJ's? I I gotta say, when the the musical finished, I was like, I'm so glad I don't have to get any more BJ emails from you. (laughs) Because every time I look at it, I'm like, what the fuck is she talking? And I'm like, oh, Beetlejuice. Yeah. It's just short. Yeah. I just enjoy uh, alienating people. It's true. It's, <laughs> it's definitely very weird to get those emails. Yeah. But uh, that's my favorite part of it being over is that I don't have to get those emails. <laughs> it's, not, it's not having to, for once, it's not having to endure the show. It's true. It's having to endure my bad BJ jokes. Yes. No more BJ jokes. We don't have to do that anymore. Oh, oh honey. Again. Have you met me? Yes. <laughs> no, hi, I'm, be, I'm Kava. Nice to meet you. It will this this will be run into the ground. You'll be like, please, it's not funny anymore. And I'll be like, I don't care. I have a Phantom of the Opera teddy bear in my lap. Well, uh, I don't really have much to say about that. So I'm just <laughs> going to keep moving forward. Anyway, so we saw Beetlejuice. We saw Beetlejuice at the Winter Garden Theater on Saturday, February twenty second, two thousand and twenty. Uh, the version we saw starred Alex Brightman, who is the main for Beetlejuice, uh, Carrie Butler as 
Barbara Maitland, Rob McClure as Adam Maitland, Leslie Kritzer as Delia, Adam Denheiser as Lydia's dad, Charles, and we had the understudy, um, Presley Ryan, subbing for Sophia and Caruso because there are some shenanigans going on. Drama! (laughs) There's some big drama Drama. going on at uh, Beetlejuice. What what was the term you taught me this morning? BJ? No. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) No, it was the the plural of Beetlejuices. Oh, it's Beetleogy. Beetleogy, and then it was a haunting of Beetleogy. Yeah, it's a haunting of Beetleogy. Yes, there was many Beetleogy in this. (laughs) So, Sophia Ann Caruso, who um, originated the role of Lydia on... Broadway and in the Washington um, DC preview uh, version. So she's been playing this for more than a year. Uh, a couple days before we saw it, uh, Sophia Ann Caruso goes on her Instagram and just leaves a message saying, I quit. Mm. And never came back. And then the production confirmed that, yeah. She's gone, and um, that's pretty gangster. I don't think I've ever heard of anybody <laughs> quitting on Instagram. Yeah, and then she just, uh, and then she later deleted the post. Um, but so either un- way, she's gone. She unquit. No, she's gone. Oh, she okay. just deleted the uh, the Instagram post, and it's very strange because like you, her, she got this, still got this big old sign of her face up in Times Square. Um, she was, you know, very beloved. I guess like I kind of have some thoughts because it's the first time I've seen the understudy. Mm-hmm. She's. I guess got some problems, which, you know, child stars thrust to Broadway stardom. And now How the, old is she? She's 18. But okay. she's been doing this for, like, more than a decade. She's... Oh, shit. You know, she's, she's a veteran of the stage and screen. So she has now been replaced by uh, her understudy, Presley Ryan, who... Um, that's who we saw. Yeah, that's yeah. who we saw. Comparatively... Less of a veteran. Um, as far, I think she, uh, she was an understudy in Fun Home... And has has done has been like a swing in a couple of other Broadway shows. Uh, she's only fifteen years old, mm-hmm. and so now she's just Lydia. So <laughs> stoked for her. That's probably Congrats. her favorite Instagram post of all time. <laughs> Congratulations! She's like 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 <laughs> adding it to her story and shit. Everybody check it out. Yeah, I'm Lydia now, so she's gonna be Lydia to the end of March and possibly to the end of the run, uh, of, which is uh, at the end of June. Um, congratulations so, to her. <laughs> congratulations on your um on your promotion. impulsive star. Yeah, just fucking off. It pays off to hang out with crazy people, I guess. I I do wonder. I mean, is, I don't know if it's crazy person. But I, I mean, no it's, it's obviously a little bit because I feel a little like bit extra. it's it's either crazy or someone in the production did something horrible. And equally, she po- equally feasible. Wanted I guess. to get away from yeah. it. And I'm just like, oh, please don't let it be Alex Brightman. Please don't let it, please oh, don't no. let it be Alex Brightman. I will die. He's like my Tom Hanks. I'd be like, you know, it's like if, if you get me too, I'm just going to go live in the mountains forever. Nothing matters anymore. Yes. Like, please not you. Anyone but you. Well, fingers crossed it won't be like that. <laughs> Hopefully she just is upset. She's just. About unrelated reasons. Yeah. She's just having a. She's scared of coronavirus or something. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> that could be it. There's a lot of people that you're shaking hands with. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, my thoughts about Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was very funny, as it was supposed to be. Mm. I got a very strong, I don't know if you'll agree with this, but like a Rick and Morty vibe from it. Yeah. It's very irreverent. Mm-hmm. It also sort of, he sort of hits that, uh, the other thing I kept thinking of was Deadpool. Yeah. Did you see the Deadpool oh, absolutely. movies? absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's very like like fourth wall-y, like yeah. you just, well, not wall but fourth wall breaking. Stay in your seats. I do this bullshit like eight times a week. So 
I don't know how I feel about the whole like, oh, we're making fun of the thing, but we're still totally doing the thing at the same time. Because I'm like, you're just, it comes across as self-conscious in, in a way. And I'm like, if you didn't like the thing, just don't do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Rather well, than sort I mean, of doing know, it and then making fun of it. But then you're still kind of doing it. And it's sort of like, it's the Olive Garden thing. It's like, are we going there ironically? Or are we, we're really going to eat at Olive Garden. That's no, what we're I, I mean, doing. I think it comes from a place of love. It's like Mel yeah. Brooks said, you, you, you can't parody something you hate or it's going to suck. Yeah, that's true. And that's true. the show does, while it is very referential and it has a lot of like shade thrown at other yeah. shows, at, at its core, it's still, uh, you know, a Broadway show with an emotional core. And I would argue a much stronger emotional core than the movie. Yes, I agree, actually. Um, so I think in and in that way, it, it is the thing. And yeah. it is, you know, while also kind of, again, being the Deadpool of the thing. Yeah. Uh, which was intentional. And that was one of the improvements that they made, um, or I guess changes, you could argue whether it was an improvement, mm-hmm. from the DC version was they really played up the emotional core in the second half because that was what was missing yeah. from the guy that the, the version that the Washington Post guy saw. Yeah. Uh, I, there was two jokes that stood out to me that like I laughed at like forever when we were listening to it, when we were watching it, and I don't think anybody else cared about them as much as I did. But one of them was there was a book that was talking, <laughs> and then he threw and Beetlejuice throws the book into the fire, and then it panics and it's like ah, tell my story as it's dying. Which I don't know why that just tickled the fuck out of me because it's a book. Yeah, and I was like, it's great. And then he th- and he recalls the line at the end, and uh-huh. I was like, it's not as funny when he says it, but like for some reason the idea of a book being like tell my story was like mwah, chef's chef's kiss. And the Sometimes thing, puppet shows are sad. Oh yeah. And then the other thing where I fucking lost my mind was when they go to he- whatever the after the that's not world. hell but the netherworld, and then the shrunken head guy that's in the waiting room in the movie comes out. Mm-hmm. And again, this is like, no one will care about this, but his fucking head turns and like just watching his head turn as he was dancing and like not really singing, but like the, if it, cause it looks like a fucking Goomba from yeah. the old Mario Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. And so off the bat, that's like the stupidest thing ever, which I love. I don't think you were the only one that liked that joke. Cause someone on Instagram, whenever we posted a picture from Beetlejuice, yeah. just left the comment, tell my story. <laughs> So it, was it wasn't really just you. Yeah, no, it was, this is the only show that we saw um, where I was sitting next to you. That's true. And I, I did notice that you seemed to be enjoying yourself. Yeah, like, I, I was I, like, I like oh, thank God. Yeah, no, it, was, it was good. Uh, the jokes landed. The jokes were very good. I mean, I already have a soft spot for Beetlejuice anyway. So I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you. Um, no, I didn't mention anything to you yet because we're like on a mm-hmm. we're on, we're banned from talking to each yeah. other once we see the show. But. I was like, I wonder how much of this is unfair because I already go into it liking Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. So it just sort of ends up feeling like a movie musical adaptation of it in my head because I already know the story. I know what's going to happen. And I sort of, I, I'm always a sucker for like the horror comedy, I guess, is if what you call it. So I think like Beetlejuice is one, like Adam's Family is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, Men in Black is sort of along those lines. Yeah. But like the Barry Sonnenfeld kind of like early Tim Burton stuff, I like I just love that kind of shit. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it, that's like that's my lane decidedly in terms of like content yeah. that I like to create. But it has to be done well, is the thing, because there was course, an yeah. Adams Family musical, and I didn't see oh, it. Oh, was it bad? But the people I know who did see it, who were very on your in your aesthetic, yeah. Uh, like Lisa saw it, who was a person I saw Beetlejuice with the yeah. first time, and she said it was the, one of the worst things she'd ever seen. Well, Adam's Family is like really reliant, and same with Men in Black on visual gags. 
so is Beetlejuice. No, right. I'm saying, but you're right. I'm, I can so see I, I how they would like, miss it. Oh, and I think, I mean, Beetlejuice didn't miss that. I'm anything saying. can be done well. Sure. And I think like there's no reason for the Adams Family musical to be bad. It could have been yeah. funny. You know, it could have been engaging. They could have figured out how to like give it a more emotional core. Because I think sure. that's that's the hard part about Adams Family, is like since they don't really get too fussed about anything. Yeah. Uh, like, they do, but Gomez is like super emotional and like he loves his brother and his wife. It's mm-hmm. all about like yeah. Reuni- see, there are ways. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, but that I, was, I, I'm assuming yeah. it's like a whole other thing, but. Yeah. I, but well, my point being, like, I went into it with a bias, so yeah. I think. Well, I didn't, because um, yeah. I'm not, like, I don't dislike Beetlejuice the movie, but yeah. it's not my thing. And I loved the musical, I think more than most people my age do. Because, <laughs> again, it's like the humor is a little sophomoric, so it does tend to be more popular with younger people. Yeah. Uh, and when I say younger people, I mean, like, people in their 20s as opposed yeah. to us Everyone intellectuals yeah, in our 30s <laughs> who are like, what is a TikTok? The, the, uh, <laughs> the humor is it's although I would say it's very yuppie, right? Because hmm. the uh, I forgot what the family names. Or the, oh, the Maitlands. The Ma- yeah, it's all yuppie jokes. Yeah, it's, it's all about like you know fucking whatever recomposting and like you Trader know Joe's. reusable bags and a little on the pottery yeah. barn and, and dry with, white what's her name too side? with the uh, the girl Odelia yeah, yeah. who buys crystals yeah yeah exactly she's great like she has she's become really funny one it. of my favorite Leslie Kritzer who plays Delia is like I found my frequency crystals speak to me what are they saying buy more crystals. One of my new parasocial relationships. Like, I love her. She also plays Miss Argentina. Yes, I didn't know that because she's wearing the sash when mm. she comes and out. And it's like... She's uh, very funny. Yeah, I, I'll show you the quick change. Okay. Uh, because I thought, I was like, well, maybe they just put like a like a sock over her head. No. She goes backstage, takes off all her makeup, puts on all Fuck. of... Yeah, that green makeup. Yeah. And goes out and does the number. And then in the following scene... Goes backstage, takes off all of the green, and puts back on all of her flesh makeup, and then she does the final scene. Crazy. Yeah, it's like all of that happens within the span of like 10 minutes, yeah. She's very funny. Be prepared to take your eggs and freeze them. Is this still about me? She's also like extremely talented and extremely like good at social media and you so like she she did a little mini series uh, for Broadway.com that was like my behind the scenes vlog and she's like, of all of those that I've seen, she by far had the most fun with it, so... Uh, ten, uh, like Leslie Kritzer, if you're listening to this, uh, you're my ten. parasocial best friend. <laughs> <laughs> so I've liked multiple bit pictures of yours on Instagram. Oh, wow. You've liked them. <laughs> so speaking of social media, the, the one thing that drove me, I wouldn't even say drove me crazy, but kind of was like, uh, it's <laughs> so close. It's so close <laughs> with all this like revision and, and trying to update it was, it was Lydia is taking pictures with a fucking old school camera, which... To me, if it's supposed to be a young kid that's happening now, even mm-hmm. if she's supposed to be like weird and quirky and into like bizarre stuff, I thought it would have been really interesting in the story if she was like potentially like, you know, put uh, fucking we joke about TikTok, but not mm-hmm. TikTok, but like if she's on like Snapchat with her friends or she like trying to talk to friends. whatever. Or, but that's but that that sort of thing, mm-hmm. it, it's not really. I mean, it's still a problem, but I mean, the internet fundamentally will let even the worst people. You know, find groups of or, of like other people that they can become friends with, right? As we no, I, I think there's Nazis. a lot of well, no, I think there's a lot of kids that uh, are really into like analog cameras now. You know, they have sure. like dark rooms and stuff. Like, I think that is like analog cameras are never going to go away. No, no, no. I mean, I know that. I'm saying that like in so. Term, I feel like that so much of the jo- so many of the jokes and mm-hmm. so many so much of the tone of it was very contemporary, and it mm-hmm. was very like it wasn't like. It wasn't a separate world that they were building as much as it was, like, here's something that's skewering our world. Mm-hmm. And then you have the teenager who like somehow is not on her phone all the time, which I thought was like a I, miss. 
I oh no, it wouldn't for me. I would have hated that. Been, <laughs> I mean, it's just like I, I I like the idea that she's detached from like you know the world of social media because some kids are like not not all which ones where um who are they <laughs> who, who is it related <laughs> to a few like maybe and and but also just like feeling too good for your smartphone you know that's that's sort of the the sense I get with the analog camera but mm. also just like it visually looks better and it like mirrors oh, no, it certainly looks visually better I, and I it mean, mirrors story, Lydia yeah. from the original. I mean, it's one of those things where I'm like, I enjoy it in the moment, but I'm like, well, this is going to be really dated in five years. Like, some of the some of the lines, I'm like, are they going to change it? Or are they just going to leave it? And it's be like, oh, this is like a time capsule of the late 2019s, early 2020s. Sure. What are you thinking of specifically? Oh, just a lot. Especially the Maitlands, like, yeah. where... You know, just they make so many jokes about how they like do adult recreational cra- classes yeah. and how, you know, like the Electoral College, yeah. and, like very obviously Trump has just been elected. And, yeah. uh, you know, like a lot of Trader Joe's jokes, pot- Pottery Barn. Their aesthetic as being very firmly like millennials who are really into white bougie stuff. Who don't want to have kids. In 2019, and they don't want kids, and then yeah. they die. Um, which uh, I think is, is funny, because like, it's it's a very, like, their opening number is, like, comedic, but also kind of about a serious thing, where it's like, yeah. they were kind of afraid to live, and then they ran out of time, and now they're dead. And then they have the surrogate child in the form of Lydia. Except um, for one fundamentally big problem with that story is that they own a house. Yeah, that's true. But I, I don't know. I get, I get, I get the impression they inherited it because it's an old weird house. So let, like that, that'll be my head cannon. The upper. Yeah. They moved. They're gentrifying the neighborhood. Yeah, they're yeah, moving in exactly. They're, it. they're, they're, they're the reason that Trader Joe's is there. As far as how the story changed, uh, I actually did like what they did in the second act. Mm-hmm. I thought. What did they do? Uh, well, specifically, what they did was they put a strong emphasis on Lydia's mother being dead and her relationship with her father as being a man who is sort of not just bogged down in his work, but also just trying to find a new surrogate wife and mother and just trying to rush things along without actually Running having... from his own feelings. Yeah, instead of having to, like, engage with... Or instead of actually having engaged with his daughter and her feelings and her mourning process, which is why she's somebody who's, like, obsessed with death and, like, thinking about everything. And he's just sort of like, oh, nope, whatever, found a new wife, everything's good, we're going to do this, blah, 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 blah. And then how that sort of shifts the plot into her going into the afterworld or... Again, what do we call it? Netherworld. Netherworld. Don't go to the netherworld. Don't go to the netherworld to try to communicate and sort of, you know, get back in touch with her mother and how she actually is in, she ends up being a lot more sort of devious and, and uh, I don't know, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like Bugs Bunny-ish. Like she's very Um, like wily and like outsmarts Beetlejuice and tries to... mm -hmm. Yeah, she's a lot more proactive. Like like the uh, wedding scene at the end is uh, her idea and a means right. to trick Beetlejuice as opposed right. to like him coercing, not even coercing, forcing her. Right. Like, just get in the dress, we're doing this. Um, Which, and- when I had rewatched the movie, I was like, oh, that third act is like just like a bunch of nonsense. Yeah. Like, it's a bunch of very cool looking stuff. But, like, the comedy and the story sort of just like falls apart in it. You're going to have to, guys, it's been a while since I've seen it, so you're yeah. going to have to remind me. Uh, it's It's just like Beetlejuice. It's like they go like full on with him trying to terrorize everybody and like scare them out of the house. Mm-hmm. So it just looks cool, but it's, it's none, none of the heart, as you said. Yeah. It's just sort of like sight gags. So which, he does, I forget, why does he do it in the movie? Because he's crazy, I think. He's crazy, and he, if he marries Lydia, then... I forget now. Now I'm like mixing them to, mixing the two together. Yeah, because like in the, in the musical, there's a very clear reason. 
Or he's like trying to become alive. Yeah, it's, it's right. a little nonsense, but it's like, okay, whatever. It's magic. Now I've forgotten, honestly. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> I, guess, I guess it's similar. Like, he becomes, like, permanently, like, a part of the world, and he can't be desummoned. I, I don't... I was like, this yeah. is... I was like, I can't, I I can't remember. Because I've, I've watched the ending recently. Sure. Yeah, I did, too. Yeah. Although I've seen so many <laughs> things now in the past few days that now everything's blurring together. Oh, my God. Well, uh, w- engage with us on Twitter. And yeah. <laughs> it's like, Correct I, us. I feel like there, it's more or less the same reason. But uh, in, the, in the musical, it's very clear that he's like, if I marry her, I get to become alive. Yeah. And then they spend a lot of time lampshading the age difference. Yes. Uh, like, and, and he's a lot of daddy issues that are like... Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, mommy issues mm-hmm. that are really prevalent in the yeah. second half. Uh, and such to the point that the that Beetlejuice's mother, who's not really a character in the in the movie, yeah. um, like she's a character in the movie, but not his mother, right. is Juno. And she kind of <laughs> ends up being the antagonist <laughs> at the very end. Because yeah. uh, that, that's like um, one of the things. Because like, while I enjoy the shit out of this show, I guess um, if I had a... I think it's an interesting example of kind of being slavish to your source material yeah. can kind of deserve your story in other ways. Yeah, like, it's it's actually a lot more, because when we were talking before, you were like, oh, it's like his story and mm-hmm. it's really different. I'm like, it's it's not that off. I mean, they add a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But like the sort of, uh, what do they call it? Like the pillars of like what the story were are more or less the same. Yeah. But it's like now they have two protagonists. Yeah. Instead of. It's fleshed out. Yeah. And well, I mean, the protagonists of the movie were the Maitlands. Yes. And I'd say the protagonist of the show is Lydia, but also kind of Beetlejuice. And then the Maitlands kind of end up being side characters. They end, yeah, you're right. It's true. Um, and because of that, then, like, the, the I mean, like, the ending is is pretty much the same as the movie. Uh, but that, I think, kind of doesn't work. And I'll explain why after this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That, um, so um, That was a good this. <laughs> uh, so I, I forget if I've ever talked about, like, my four tiers of musical adaptation no, this is a new one. Yeah, so... Um, I heard it here for the first time. So the... Or rather, not musical adaptation, but musicals in general. Um, I've read that uh, theater is sort of an inherently adaptive medium. So you very rarely see, especially in musical theater, mm-hmm. you very rarely see just like a straight original idea. Always an adaptation. It, it happens. Like Book of Mormon, right. Dear Evan Hansen. Like film, basically. Film is the same thing these I days. I feel like film is... I mean, not increasingly. As any, not as much anymore. Yeah, yeah. it's like everything's got to be an IP. Ten years ago, it was yeah. like, you know, at least we'd have the occasional Eternal Sunshine nope. and Garden State. Nope, Garden State. La 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 la. So at the very, very uh, bottom, you'll have your straight original story. Mm. Happens, not that often. Then the step above that, you'll have the adaptation that's a brand new take. So that that will be your, like, book adaptation or myth adaptation, Town. Les Mis, Phantom. Oklahoma. You, That's yeah. like an adaptation of a musical uh, well, adaptation almost, huh? No, I mean, Oklahoma is just a show. But it's, it's I'd put that closer to just an original thing because it's like not really based on anything. It's based on a song. It's based on a tweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone saw a tweet and they're like, we should yeah. write a musical about this. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, like the Oklahoma's basis is pretty foggy. So, and then above that, you'll have... Uh, your Beatleogy, your uh, <laughs> things that are based on movies, based on IPs. Yeah. Uh, so that those will inevitably have hands by a movie company. So you'll like Waitress, Beetlejuice, Tootsie, um, the new Mrs. Doubtfire musical. Oh right. Um, and those will uh, be new takes. They'll all have new music, 
but they will still have the the fingers in, of the production company that made the movie involved. It's got to be on brand, man, as you like to say. And then at the top, or <laughs> arguably at the bottom of the heap, oh. are your fucking Disney shit, where it's just it's just the movie, but longer. <laughs> Frozen the music. And that's kind of new, you know, yeah. where it would just be like, uh, Beauty and the Beast kind of started that. Okay. And then and now we have like Anastasia, um... Frozen, all of the shit million Disney shows. You know, there was Tarzan. There was, I mean, there was a Hunchback musical. That, Lion King's still going. Yep, still going. Um, the Hunchback musical that's never made it to Broadway for union reasons. Oh. Orpheus didn't make it to the... <laughs> <laughs> um, he wasn't able to get them all together. Yeah. So so the thing about Beetlejuice, as, as a part of this tier where the yes. movie is involved, is like the people who wrote it were very conscious of the fact that the... Fans of the movie are going to expect certain things. Yes. So we got to have shrunken head yeah, guy. Gotta we got to have Miss Argentina. We got to have like you, there are a bunch of things that have to be in there. But to me, the the big problem is like where they changed the most of the story for the better. They kept the ending, and to me, that doesn't really work. And here's oh, why. Okay, why the Maitlands in the original movie, mm-hmm. their arc. I don't recall them having like the the child panic before they die in the movie. No, it's so. What happens is, is like the realtor shows up at like six in the morning, mm-hmm. and she's trying to get them to sell the house. And um, I forgot their names, but Gina Davis is. Mm-hmm. She's talking to Gina Davis, and she's like, you know, this is a house for a kid, a family with ki- with children. And then Gina Davis sort of gives this like sad look, mm-hmm. and then she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like the realtor says, so that. It's, it's implied. So I don't. So, but th- again, so the way that I interpreted it was like, did she have like a miscarriage, and they're just sort of trying to fill up their lives with something else instead? Mm-hmm. Or is it like she wants it? They don't really, as far as I can remember, they don't actually address it. I, but I think it's more like they wanted to have kids, but then they can't. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is more about they're just too scared just to like, have yeah, kids. Yeah, they're afraid to live and then they die. Yeah, exactly. Um, so basically their arc and Lydia's arc is kind of contingent on Catherine O'Hara's character and the dad being absent emotionally and staying absent Yes. And therefore, the Maitlands, as ghosts, step in as surrogate parents for Lydia at the end of the film. Yeah. So here's the problem. In the musical, the whole arc with Lydia's relationship to her father is repairing that relationship. Yes. And Beetlejuice, instead of just being a crazy person that terrorizes people, his whole deal is he's just lonely. Yes. And he doesn't really know how to empathize with people. Yes. But he kind of wants to. Right. And he, like... He he wants friends. He wants to be included. And you know what that reminds me of right now is a certain phantom, phantom. Of a certain opera, <laughs> a certain opera phantom. So and so the thing is like the way it ends is Beetlejuice stepping in front of his demon mother to protect yeah. Lydia yeah. and functionally saving everybody else from danger. Finally stands up to her, and then you have Dad and Delia who have the repaired relationship with Lydia. Mm-hmm. Completely making the Maitlands redundant. Yeah, and yes, yeah, you're and right. And so, really, it should have been the Maitlands that go to the Netherworld, not Beetlejuice. Yeah, that's true. But like you said, they're not the main characters anymore. They're yeah. just sort of like pushed to the side. So yeah, that's why I'm saying, like, if their arc is like we were afraid to live and then we died, that's not really resolved by being surrogate parents for Lydia. They kind of need no. to accept their death and move on. Beetlejuice, on the other hand, yeah, he learned to you know yes yeah to be selfless and okay you know show empathy yeah and so it kind of sh- my feeling is that the musical should have ended basically to be like the cartoon 
So okay. he's her buddy that like, you know, does hijinks for her and yeah. they're friends. Yeah. And we have the repaired relationship with the parents. I think that's fair. I think that's a good it's a good assessment. I agree. So that's my fanfic. I'm not angry about that. I'm not on <laughs> yeah. brand right so now. Like I, I agree. St- I still you know, it's like I still love the show, but I yeah. like I kept thinking about how like adherence to the movie yes. makes the ending not really work. Uh, yeah. No. Because like the rest of the show the is so strong and then the ending they kept the they they like kept the wrong ending for the story they told. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's a correct assessment. That's my Beetlejuice hot take. Uh, what did you think, or I should say what I think, instead of asking mm-hmm. you, because that's how this goes. <laughs> uh, I, I very much don't remember a lot of the songs off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's because we've seen too many shows and it doesn't stick out to me, or it just they're not that memorable necessarily. I think they're not that memorable. I remember a lot of the gags, but not mm-hmm. none, necessarily any of the melodies that is the a, songs. That is a criticism I've heard from a lot of theater critics. Yeah. Because uh, I don't think any of the songs are bad. They're just very functional. Yeah, like, that's what I was going to say. Like, they're they're there to deliver jokes yeah. more than they are to deliver any hooks. I think, like, there are a couple bangers. Uh, Dead Mom, I think, is pretty good. It'll make a great karaoke song. <laughs> yeah. Like, I like the opening number. Yes. Um, which, which is called The Whole Being Dead Thing. Yeah, but again, yeah. it's just because it's a lot of gags. And, like, even listening to it on the album isn't very satisfying because no. Alex Brightman is so charismatic and so lively. Um, so it's like when you listen to it, you're like, well, I guess this is my methadone, but it's nowhere near as good as seeing it live. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, then he follows it basically with a stand-up routine where he, like, drags the audience and yeah. being like, I'm alone. I'm invisible. <laughs> this guy gets <laughs> this it. This guy gets it. He can make fun of one guy. Uh, he, can, he always picks someone in the audience to just, like, drag. Over and over and again. It's great. It's like, I want to sit in the, the negging seat. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think that's interesting. I don't know if that's a thing, but yeah, I think like I, the songs I think, are just delivery vehicles for jokes. I think that's true. Or, like, uh, and then you have uh, Lydia's, like, she has a one ballad. Yeah, she has the, the, the banger at the beginning that's like Dead Mom, and then she has the ballad. Uh, the hell ballad. Towards the end, yeah. yeah. That was the only one that tried to be, it felt like, a real proper ballad. Yeah. Which, as you would say, it's a rule. It's like a law yeah. of musicals that there has to be at least like one ballad yeah. ballad. Mm-hmm. Which that one, I don't know, I mean, it was pretty good. Yeah. Whichever path I choose, I lose, you know, and I don't know which way so. I mean, right. it, was, it was it was short. It got it got it done. Yeah. Like it's it's like there's a fair. It's fairly short. Then dad shows up. They have their heart to heart. Yeah. And then she accepts that her mother. And that was one thing I was like the first time I saw it. I was like please, please, please don't let the mom be a character. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't. That's and I good. wanted to like just cry with relief because I thought that was so deft. Yeah. You know. And yeah. I think that's like. You know, when you you think about the idea of a show about death, it's like, well, yes. what are you saying about it? Yeah, yeah. And my worry was that they were just going to be flippant and say nothing. Nothing, When yeah. it basically was about her coming to terms and accepting yep. it, and part of that being that she needed that external validation from her yes. family. Yeah. So it's like, it's an internal process. That's uh-huh. how grief works. So I'm about to cry. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, because I have, I've lost a parent. Oh, my God, I'm crying. <laughs> It's okay. No, first time I saw it, I, I actually was like during that scene. I'm like, yeah. ah. but like the process of grief is sort of like it's an internal process, but it yeah. requires validation. Yeah. And like losing a parent. As I say, your parent's not the person there to actually val- help you validate it, yeah, which is what like, the story was about. Yeah. So like the parent that did emotionally validate her is the one yeah. that is gone. But losing a parent is so isolating. Yeah. Uh, speaking from experience, I wasn't a teenager, but like, you know, it is incredibly isolating. So mm-hmm. that I thought felt really true to me. And so even though I have critiques of the ending, I still really love the show. You held my hand and light. 
No, no, I'm saying I don't, I don't want to cut you off if you no, want to I'm say done. more. No, I'm done. That's it. That okay. was my profound statement. It feels about... weird to go talking about like other jokes now after this. Because but... <laughs> whenever you say it's like a show about death, it can only be so profound because it doesn't explore every facet. No, no, but just but I'm saying like so we were talking about like horror comedies, right? And yeah, it's like, but I think it is to... kind of profound. You, that's what I'm saying. So you should be able to laugh at <laughs> much as death as you can at life, right? Yeah. That's sort of what that's. I was like, okay, I like this because it's like. Like when you listen to the opening number again, which I think you should, it's like the, the yeah, lyrics. I like, no, I loved it. Yeah, yeah, they where they talk about like death is taboo, but it's really it's not something new, and then there's nothing really doctors can do except for maybe bill you. Yeah, uh, it's great. And then he, you know, he says like because uh, it's a little different on the album where he says, uh, "If you die while listening to this album, it's still gonna keep playing." In the show, he's like, if you die during this show, we're not stopping. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of like, that is true. It's like, and exactly. I think a lot of people are kind yeah. of really uh, terrified about that. Not just for themselves, but for their loved ones. Uh, where it, it's like this idea that when you die, yeah. the world doesn't. The world continues to go. Yeah. yeah. People, some very few people, proportionate to, proportion to the rest of the world, um, unless you're like, you know, Diana, who now has a Broadway musical, yeah, right. uh, are going to give a shit. Like, most people aren't going to know. You know, it's almost kind of reassuring. Yes. Like, this, this, you know, it's like, that's fine. It's kind of funny, you know. I mean, that's not to plug my other thing that I'm doing, but like, <laughs> you know, my Permafriends books, mm-hmm. the entire basis of them is humanity goes extinct, but the world continues going. And like, that for me is comforting mm-hmm. because it's about that for some fucked up weird reason makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, yeah, humanity will become extinct at some point because of climate change or whatever. But like if the earth were to go away, like mm-hmm. that's really the fucking tragedy because the earth existing and life existing and water, you know, everything that we experience is like a fucking miracle. It, it's just a, there's no other way of saying it. So like to see that in in a show is to me is like, I get it. I'm like, I'm fucking totally on board with that. Mm-hmm. that you dying is not necessarily the worst thing that's ever happened to the history of the world. It's just mm-hmm. the worst thing that's ever happened to you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's sort of that tonally. So like, like putting I'm right it in that perspective. Yeah. Cause also like the scene where the Maitlands die uh, again, cause I think it's just more interesting than what they do in the movie, uh, which is fundamentally the fact that they, they have spent their whole lives kind of being afraid and burying yeah. their fears and shit that doesn't matter. Right. And then Beetlejuice comes out with the popcorn and the 3D right. glasses. He's just like <laughs> laughing at him. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, this is cute. Yeah, and then they and then they die and he's like, oh, that was funny. Yeah, um, he's like, and he's narrating and he's like, she doesn't, he's like making her, her a sandwich. Yeah. She's never going to get to eat that sandwich. Yeah. And it's like he's 30 like, seconds oh, I'll later. Get it. Yeah, he's going to get yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, I think I, I tend to have story, like little story critiques like that a lot because sure. I write in long form prose. Yeah. Uh, because I'm like, when I have that critique, I'm like, it didn't bother me. I just feel like it would have been a lot stronger yeah, if they had course. gone with that ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But by that same token, it's like, you know, when people are like, oh, that was fine. And I'm like, I don't know. I find a Beetlejuice <laughs> the musical deeply moving. Yeah. That's the great <laughs> and, thing about stuff like that. Is yeah, like it doesn't, and, it, you don't know what's going to resonate with you and for what reasons. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it'll just creep up on you. And then you're like, oh, fuck, this one thing is like incredible. And that's, that's the beauty of, yeah, uh, the, the beauty, beauty of art. Be- yeah, <sighs> but well, like it's true, right? Yeah. It's cliche, no, but it's so, true. I'm so upset that they're completely sold out for the final show because yeah. I'm like, I would have flown to New York. If anyone's listening and they have a ticket yeah. they want to sell me, I will buy it <laughs> up to a certain point. <laughs> I did pay a lot of money to see Hamilton because I think it'll be really sad if the Broadway production goes. Because when there went like for one thing, Alex Brightman is just like so great as Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I'm kind of just nervous to see someone else doing it because it's a part where it could very easily be obnoxious yeah, with yeah. the wrong actor. Uh, but at the same time, it's going to tour next year, so that'll give people that. Well, that'll give some time to go around. Which touring? Speaking of the, the I thought the stages were really interesting. The, yeah. the sets, the set design. Yeah, was that's really... the things. Like when they tour, they're going to lose a lot of that. That fucking part where they go to the uh, the netherworld is yeah, crazy. Yeah. Where like it's like those those weird Tron lights that go like into the distance. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really fantastic. I don't know how yeah. you even set that. I'm like. How does this work? Like, is there just a huge backstage where they just swap these things out? They go up and down? I was curious. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think those go up and down. So they might be able to do that in the tour. But, like, that's the big problem with moving this production to another theater. Even in New York, there's just not many theaters that are big enough to accommodate it. And whenever it goes on tour, it's probably going to be, like, sets that go up and down like we normally see at the, we normally see at the Pantages. Yeah. And that's kind of a shame because, like, once it's gone from Broadway those amazing sets are going to be gone too. And that will, you know, so like people will see the tour, so they'll see a version of it, but they yeah. won't see this version. And that's that to me is kind of a loss, but, you know. You know, and I did have a realization yesterday when we were talking about you having seen certain shows like 150,000 times, mm-hmm. which is you, and I don't know why this never occurred to me other than the fact that I never thought about it, but it's like, yeah, if you don't see it, and then it's done. It's not yeah. like, oh, it's going to come out on video later and you can fucking watch it. It's yeah. like, nope, that's it. Yeah. You spend $500 seeing a show a bunch of times and yeah. then literally for the rest of your life, you'll never be able to see it again. Yeah, especially that version. Yeah. I think the thing is like for, with this Town, like I kept, I keep saying like, okay, I'm not going to see it again until there's a new cast so I can see the new cast. But yeah. I just love the original cast so much that I'm like, okay, one more time. You yeah. know, look, oh, I have an excuse. We're doing a podcast about it. Oh, yeah. darn. <laughs> I have to gotta see. Go see I got to see Reeve wah, again. Wah. I got to go see my darling Amber Gray, yeah. who we forgot to praise. <laughs> we both love it. That's right. We Retroactively, she's yes, fantastic. Yes, she's fantastic. Sorry. Sorry, Gray stands. There's a lot going on. Yeah, There's, there's just, a lot to talk yeah, about. We yeah. forgot. So let's talk about Beetlejuice, too. And I don't I don't want this to sound mean because because like Sophia and Caruso being much more of a veteran of stage, I think really shows because like the first time I saw it, I was really impressed with her. You know, I'm sure she has her reasons for leaving. But again, like I kind of feel that loss because she is a really strong performer. She and Brightman had just like a really great chemistry. Well, I hope just I hope you're doing OK. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not like a weird malicious person that's incredibly careless. Um, I think we've said plenty about Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. More than more than we expected to. Yeah, I think we have more words and thoughts about Beetlejuice, the musical, the musical, the musical, than That's, one might have expected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what makes this a good medium. It was interesting. That was a whole mm-hmm. road that we didn't think we were going to go down. But yeah. thank you for sharing that with us. Hopefully yeah. it wasn't too awkward. Now it is, because I said that. <laughs> yeah, well, um, it wasn't before. Thank you for having feelings, I guess yeah, is so, all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I was all raw and emotional, and then you called it awkward. Yeah. So. Stop being so emotional and get it together. I don't know why okay, I used Charles that voice. Okay, Charles uh, but no. If you ever have kids, you're going to be the Charles. Yeah. Quit being sad. I mean, that is my middle name. Oh, I f- yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I literally am a Charles. No, he told, yeah, I was like, remember you saying my middle name is Charles, and, and I was like, like that's up. funny. Yeah. That's a funny joke. Nope. Charles. Named after Charles Chaplin. That's what it was. <laughs> uh, Beetlejuice the Musical, all around, both liked by both of us. I'm sorry, liked by both of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, go see it if you can. 
This is a plug now. If oh my I, god! Was, are yeah. we going to plug it? Yeah, well, plug because it. it's going to go away. Yeah, it's going to go away. You can see. Yeah, it's like if it, it'll go on tour. You can see it, but you'll be missing out on like the the current cast, which is great, and also the uh, the sets, which are super not going to be able to tour. They're really crazy. They're beautiful sets, and then the the sandworm comes oh, yeah. out, which is fucking cool as shit. Yeah. I love that thing. They can probably tour with that. Yeah. But still, yeah. But yeah. The sandworm is cool. And yeah. Alex Brightman is great. I love him so much. My other parasocial best friend. <laughs> but yeah, if you get a chance, go see it. Uh, otherwise, you'll just be forced to listen to our podcast on repeat to get a feeling of what it was like. <laughs> mm-hmm. But thank you guys for listening. Um, my name is at Kavataharian on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Permafriends on Instagram. And the show is at Musical Splain In. With no G on Twitter and at Musical Splaining with a G on Instagram. Oh, yeah. And I'm at the Lindsay Ellis uh, on Twitter and name brand Lindsay on Instagram. And I finally learned how to do Instagram stories. You, you're an expert now. You've surpassed me. I'm a Zoomer now. <laughs> okay, Zoomer. Okay, Zoomer. Is that even a thing? People don't say that anymore. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. See you at the theater. Oh.